All right, what is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another day of Saber Sims DFS Office Hours. It is Thursday, January 26th of 2023 here. Looks like we got a six-game NBA slate on tap tonight, as well as a, uh, what do we got, nine-game hockey slate. So it should be a fun day. should be plenty to talk about. Uh, good luck to everybody playing round two golf showdown. Pretty sure the cut is today. So for all of you sweating the cut, uh, have fun, and I hope you get some six of sixes across the line there. Uh, big announcement today from DraftKings. For those of you who did not catch it, my man Patrick already letting us know. DraftKings announced that they have removed late swap from their MMA product. Should be a uh, very good uh, change moving forward. Hopefully, we we see a lot of people flock back to the MMA streets. You know, I understand why they were trying it out, but just didn't seem to be the right solution there. So, for everybody who wasn't aware, DraftKings has removed late swap from MMA. So, get those MMA lineups in. I don't know if there's a card this week or not, but uh, should be a fun time to to play MMA again. Don't have to you know sit there wait for late swap. Hope for. Uh, Hope you didn't make a swap when you weren't supposed to. So definitely a good change of pace there. But anyways, getting back to the show. For those of you who are new here, welcome. My name is Andrew, one of the coaches over here at SaberSim. This is a show where we go over how to use the SaberSim app, answer any and all DFS-related questions that come in live in the YouTube chat or in the Office Hours channel in our Discord server. We'll make sure to get to all the questions before the end of the show. But if you're not joined up in the Discord, there's a link in the description below. Highly recommend it. As always, a lot of good conversation going on in there each and every day. The Discord was actually how I found out about late swap uh, being removed from MMA. So, you know, uh, less likely to miss news, people talking about stuff, all DFS related. So definitely a good time to get in the Discord. If you're not joined up with SaberSim, there's also a link to a seven-day, no-strings-attached free trial. Check us out. Come on this show. Ask questions. We do this show Monday through Friday. 2 p.m. Eastern, you can catch us here talking about, uh, you know, any and all sports. But that being said, good to get SaberSim pulled up here. I had a couple questions. Appreciate you all taking my advice and getting in questions ahead of time to get the show rolling while more people tune in and ask more live questions. But had a question here from Mr. T. Said, if you're trimming your player pool, particularly for NBA, should you adjust your sliders also, as I would assume the sliders are based on a pretty complete player pool? Uh, Mr. T, I think this is um, an interesting question. To be fair, I don't think that the sliders are based on a, you know, complete player pool. Um, we, we've, we've done quite a few changes with, like, min projection default filters. You know, it used to be 13 uh, we, we've recommended people lower it, and if if you're not aware, we've actually removed a default filter. Uh, we're, we're very happy with the way Sim Diversity is is handling players on um, on like a build to build basis through a lot of testing, and we've decided to, to turn this off. Um, we we don't feel like we are in the right to tell anybody like where to set that filter because we think that you know. If, a, if, if the builder is putting a player in your lineup, then they're probably viable for that lineup and at that exposure frequency. So um, I, I don't think, you know, 
or I'm, I'm fairly certain that no slider adjustments have come with this change. So I think that leads me to believe that, you know, the sliders are not based on a complete player pool. The sliders are, you know, um, judging or grading players based on, you know, like a, like a lineup position basis and based on, you know, the, the group of Sims that we are subsetting from the database. So, you know, getting back to the question, I don't think that you need to adjust the sliders if you are making major player pool adjustments. I think that, you know, the only thing that, that maybe, maybe it would, you know, if you're being really restrictive on like projection or, or minutes, um, you know, a lot of the times those players are going to grade out um, higher or, or maybe, how do I say this? Like, yeah, I, I really don't think, you know, maybe I'm, maybe I'm thinking too much about it, but I don't think you need to make any adjustments. Just know that, you know, as sim diversity is higher, we are taking less sims and it is more likely for players to have higher upside outcomes. So I think that, you know, as, as this goes up, maybe some lower projected plays, if you allow all the players in your lineup can get into more lineups. So, you know, if, if you're being really restrictive, it, it's possible that you could turn sim diversity down. Uh, that's the only thing I can really think of. You know, if, if you're being super restrictive about, you know, minutes or, or point projection or limiting a bunch of players, um, it, it's possible that you might want to turn sim diversity down. Or if, if you want to make a change, I think that's the only one that, like, I would really approve of. But I don't think um, by nature that you need to do that just because you are limiting your player pool. But good question there. All right. Have uh, two questions here from Looper Boss. One of them, I think, is a feature request, so I will note that down. But reading this says, "Hey, Andrew, two questions. I'm not quite sure what I'm looking at when I see Saber Score, other than a ranking of lineups in the pool. Can you tell me what the components of Saber Score are? I'd like a better understanding of what goes into the number. Two, is it possible to get lineup metrics, projection, ownership, 99th percentile Saber Score?" etc. as options to download with lineup pool. Reason being is I like to compare lineups across several several different metrics in a workbook I developed. Okay, so let me just run some lineups here. You know, we, we'll get to the post build where we can talk about this a little more. So this second part of the question, um, you know, I did ask Looper Boss exactly what he meant. So if you run a build, you go over to your lineups, there are summary statistics underneath each lineup, like rank, salary, projected score, saber score, etc. cetera. Uh, he's asking for this to be, you know, part of a downloadable file where he can uh, assign these values to this lineup and then uh, do some type of back testing. So, so Looper Boss, I'm going to take that down as a feature request. So uh, summary stats uh, for lineups downloadable for lineups downloadable and then getting back to this uh first part of the question here which we can answer so what is saber score right if you if you come over here to ho and hover over saber score it's going to give you a brief definition here i'm just going to read that and we'll uh, go into more detail definition says saber score is our way of quantifying the impact of upside correlation and ownership on the strength of a lineup the higher the saber score the higher the upside potential for dfs tournaments okay so basically what Saber Score is doing is it is taking the slider settings that you have 
uh, for a particular build. And it is using those as inputs to an algorithm that is grading the overall uh, strength of a lineup or, you know, the, the, the entire encompassing, you know, all of these factors weighted, uh, how does this lineup grade out and saber score is going to be normalized to 100. So every build you run is going to have a saber score of 100 and the builds in one lineup are only going to be compared to the other builds in the, uh, I'm sorry, the lineups in a build are going to be compared to other lineups in, in the same build. So you cannot, uh, Saber score is not going to compare lineups across multiple builds. You can't run three, you can't run three different builds and then expect Saber score to like be, uh, comparing from one build to the next, to the next. It's only going to be inside of a particular pool of lineups. So I just want to make that point really clear. So what, what it is, is we are, we are waiting, you know, correlation as in, uh, as part of the algorithm, we're waiting ownership as part of the algorithm, and we're waiting sim diversity as part of the algorithm based on the slider settings, and then grading the lineups as to what we feel has what we feel each lineup uh, has the highest EV over a long sample size. So if we were to play this slate, you know, a hundred thousand times, we feel based on Saber score that this rank number one lineup would be the highest EV over that entire set that that is an approximation of expected value you can't actually calculate the expected value of a lineup without knowing all of the other lineups in a contest so that is why it's an approximation but it is our best approximation and we feel that taking into account correlation ownership fade and upside is important when grading lineups so that is what saber score is doing uh, the impacts of correlation, ownership, fade, and sim diversity will change based on whatever type of contest you're playing. So if I'm playing a smaller contest where correlation is zero, that's going to impact uh, the Saber score calculation. That's why Saber score is dynamic because it can grade lineups based on uh, contests where correlation is less important based on our backtesting. And then it could take correlation more into account if this correlation slider is higher. So I, I understand, I get it's like a little black boxy, but just understand that, you know, whatever the correlation ownership fade and sim diversity sliders are set at, those are being inputs to the Sabre score calculation. And it is weighting those factors and um, kind of taking it all in and then giving you what we perceive to be the highest EV lineups on the other side. If we were to run the slate up hundred thousand times, for instance. So let me know if I confused anybody there. And I will get that feature request noted. All right. Uh, question here from Gilliman. And Gilliman said, he said, what's up, Andrew? Curious to know the best method to late swap when you have one dummy lineup for your 350 lineups, but you miss a 4 p.m. slate lock, but now you want to turn your single dummy into 350 unique lineups using the remaining games that are upcoming. So, so this this is a tough one okay so just just as a disclaimer uh you know i i i understand people do this right uh especially if you're entering on desktop you build a lineup you know you build one dummy and then you enter that lineup you know 150 times 150 times however many times to get your total number of lineups right 
uh, usually, you know, before the slate, you know, I'm doing my research. I, I sit down. I always enter a placeholder. I, I run like a placeholder build, like 30 minutes before lock. So, you know, uh, lock is 4 p.m. my time. It looks like 4.30 tonight, my time. So, you know, 4 o'clock hits. Uh, I am running just a default build, and I am running it for however many entries I have. And I am then submitting uh, a contest file that has a unique lineup for each and every uh, unique entry that I have. Like, I do not want to miss lock and have all of my contests have the same lineup. So I'm just running a default build, you know, entering a unique lineup for every entry, 30 minutes to lock with no thought about it. My, my reasoning is that, you know, 30 minutes to lock, we have a fair amount of the injury news that is probably out there and having 400 or 350 unique lineups is better than having one lineup. So I would, I would encourage you guys to just run a quick default build. It, it takes just a couple seconds and then, you know, fill your contest file and then upload it and then go back to your research to whatever you were doing. So just a disclaimer there. So, you know, even if you miss lock, at least you have unique lineups. At least you have something with, most more recent data but uh but getting back to the question right you miss lock what do you do somebody asked this in the support channel yesterday they only had 20 lineups so so there's a couple ways to to solve this problem the easiest way is you know if you only have a handful of lineups like 20 what you do is you go to your DraftKings app or or the desktop and you just swap out one player in each contest so so every time the lineup is entered uh, just just go into the contest and swap one player. Once you're done doing that, you know, the 20 times, you could uh, go back to SaberSim, you know, go retrieve your entry file and, you know, in the entries tab, and it will now recognize that as 20 different unique lineups. So then when you come back to SaberSim uh, and you do a late swap, it'll it'll identify that as 20, 20 lineups for you to late swap so you can get a unique late swap in each entry that that is how i would normally recommend doing that but if if you have 350 that's the big task right uh sitting there go and change 350 lineups that that's that's tough to do right so what i would do is you know depending on the we're going to kind of have to hijack sabersim to do this by the way uh this is this is not going to like be be uh particularly easy but let's say you know um we miss lock and we have a certain number of players locked. So, so maybe, you know, on Detroit, we have, uh, who's high value here? Isaiah Stewart locks in, you know, your one lineup. And then you also have, uh, who, who's another good one? Maybe, maybe Jason Tatum, right? Okay, so we use these two people as an example. In, in our one lineup that we have, it has Isaiah Stewart, and it has Jason Tatum. What I would do is I would increase their projection significantly. Like, like I'm I'm gonna double it, like 54 here. And remember, we're just hijacking the builder to, to kind of do this. And then I'm gonna go to Jason Tatum, and then I am going to just you know give him a projection increase to 70. So they're just gonna be smash plays, right? Just the best plays of the slate. That's kind of the point. The prop the problem that you're going to run into and, you know, let's say we're building 350 lineups and I have a pool of 1500 lineups here. So I'm going to hit build. The problem is that in the home screen, 
Saber Sim is not always going, especially like for FanDuel, because FanDuel has like two point guards, two shooting guards, etc. Um, the lineup positions might not always be the same. So is is basically my point. So what you want to do is you want to just give them a big projection increase. That way they're in 100, like basically 100% of your pool lineups here. And maybe we didn't even increase Jason Tatum high enough. We If, if we have trouble, we could go back. But you got to make sure they're in the same uh, position, right? So Isaiah Stewart is a power forward or center or, or, or one of these utility spots. You're going to need to know what position he is in in your one lineup and then basically lock him into that position. So, you know, here I have 99% Isaiah Stewart. I, I have I have 100% Isaiah Stewart in 350 lineups. He's eligible for four spots. He's in 68% of my power forward. He's only in 15% of my center. And then he's in 16% of my forward. And that's it. So let's say, you know, I maybe I put him in the center spot. That's why you want to have him basically in every lineup in your pool so you have some flexibility. So, like, I need him in the center, right? So I'm going to come in here and put 100% min exposure in the center. And I don't have enough lineups with him in the center, unfortunately. So, so th- this is, like, kind of the hard part. So you're going to have to figure out a way to – get them in as many of your lineups in your pool as possible, and then probably end up playing around with this. Um, I do not think it will work if you you do this uh, as like a min exposure, but let's try it, right? So so I'm gonna I'm gonna jack up their uh, projection to like a hundred points here, just hijacking the builder. And then I'm gonna try this. So Isaiah Stewart, in the center, I'm going to go 100 min exposure. And then Jason Tatum in the, let's say, small forward. I'm going to go 100%. Maybe maybe this will work. So, one, I'm making sure that they get in to my lineups because of the projection. And then, two, I am trying to make sure that they go into the spot that I want them to go into. So, let's see if we can do this. So, I'm going to run this here and see if we can figure this out. But, yeah, don't miss lock. Moral of the story, do not miss lock. Get a placeholder in with a unique a unique lineup for each entry just in case something happens. Internet goes down, uh, you know, uh, can't can't click fast enough, what, whatever it ends up being. All right, so, so it looks like this did work. So Isaiah Stewart in the center at 100%, and then Jason Tatum – in the small forward at 100%. Uh, so so that is what I would do. So long story short, you know, you miss lock. Lock the players into the position with the min exposure here into whatever slot they are in. And then you could even give them a projection increase just to make sure that the builder realizes that, uh, wow, this guy's a good play and, and, and puts them in at a high rate. So that is what I would do Gilliman. Uh, all right, moving on here. D D King three nine five. I believe this is Dan King. Said good afternoon. I hope this isn't too late, but I was curious if adjusting projected fantasy points pre-build makes an impact on sorting post-build lineup percentiles. I know this has likely already been covered, so it has been. Let me know where to locate this information. 
Uh, good question. So, so yes, it does. So it's, it's not going to be like a, you're not going to be able to see it visually, but, but I'm, but I'm positive that it does. So what happens when you make a projection adjustment, right? I'm, I'm going to erase these because these were just, these were just way too big. Okay. So we have Luca here at 62 points. We're just going to say 62. So maybe I want to say, you know, he's going to score 72, a 10 point projection increase. What this is going to do is, is it is going to take Luca's entire range of outcomes and shift it by 10 points. So when Luca scores 60 uh, in the sim, he's now going to score 70. When he scores 40, he's now going to score 50. So it's going to raise his floor and it's, it's, it's also going to raise his uh, 95th percentile, 99th percentile. It is going to do that behind the scenes. We are not going to visually update that. So when you change it from 62 to 72, if you are able to see these percentiles on the pro plan, you know, his 99th percentile is 90. We are going to treat that as a hundred now, but, but these values are not going to change visually. However, in the sim, we now know that his 99th percentile is 100. So when, when, when you make this projection adjustment, we are going to also update all of his percentiles. And then that will be factored into, you know, the, the lineup percentiles in the post build, um, any, any type of adjustment that comes after. So it looks like Dan is here. Dan said, oh, wow, I never knew it happened like that. Very good to know. Thank you, Andrew. Yeah, happy to answer that, Dan. Happy you're able to catch that live and provide any feedback if, if you had additional follow-up questions. All right, GM33 here has a question. Says, I have 65 total entries for NBA. I don't really want to use unique lineups on time time that I've max filled. I usually build 45 lineups, then use unique random to fill the 65 and press the button to allow duplicates to be used. Is that the best way or should I use or should I unique random dime times separately from the remaining 45 entries? And then follow up here from GM33 said, I guess I could sort by highest to lowest entry fee, then unique rank all and allow duplicates. Okay, so GM33, what I would suggest to you is, you know, I, I used to do something similar, right? I would like, it's like, okay, you know, what what contest do I care to win, right? Uh, what contest does first place matter more to me? You know, do, do I care about $40 to first in the dime time? Or, you know, not, like, like say, you know, not really. I mostly care about the quarter jukebox, which is like 500 to first. And then the $1.20 match, which is like 2K to first, right? So, so then, you know, maybe you're only playing 60 lineups there. And then you're like, you know, I'm only going to build 40, right? I've gotten away from that mostly because... I think that unique rank is is the optimal um, fill method here, and th the reason I feel that way is because um, because of min uniques, right? So so by applying min uniques to my lineup set, and I'm just going to lower this number of lineups to 150 here. Uh, by applying min uniques to my lineup set, I'm I'm making sure that every lineup has the same number of players different from every other lineup. Before, before we had this, what you would get a lot is that you would, you know, the, the builder doesn't understand risk management and is only really optimizing for expected value. So what would happen is like, I would have, you know, whoever the builder thought was the highest EV plays, let's say, let's say I have 150 lineups and let's say I have somebody in 50% of them. Well, that player, you know, for the sake of this example might be in lineups one through 75 
because the builder likes them so much, and then not in any of the 76 through 150. So all of your equity in that player is in the top lineups. It is not spread out. So that's why I used to use unique random a lot uh, because to, to try and, you know, by, by randomly filling, I was trying to spread out the exposure uh, more equally across all of my contests. But because of min uniques, I, it, I think it solves this problem really, really well. So now I am filling by unique rank. The reason I'm filling by unique rank is like, one, I already know that a certain number of players is different from every single lineup. I, I now want to capture the value of Sabre score in my lineups. So by filling unique rank, I know that my top ranked lineups are going into whatever contest that I have um, at the top of my set. And then I am filling uh, downwards from there. So so at least I know that, you know, my my highest ranked lineup, whether you're using Sabre score, percentiles, custom metric, whatever, is going into what I want, whatever contest I want it to go into first, and then going down from there. You know, if you're, if you're playing three 20 maxes, you're playing a dime time, the $1.20 and the, and the quarter jukebox, I would just put the $1.20 first and then the 25 cent 20 max second and then the dime time last. Uh, you, you were never going to play, you know, that last set of 20 lineups anyways. So instead of duplicating, I would just build 60 lineups. And then if, if those last 20 lineups have a higher score than, you know, the first 40, you were never going to get to that score anyways because you were only going to build 40 lineups. So it's it's additional unique lineups that you were never going to play, which I feel is better than duplicating because you are afraid that the highest score is going to come in one of the lower contests. Uh, I would not do that. I would not do that if I am feeling unique random because, uh, you know, then in that case, the one of your, you know, top 20 lineups could go into the dime time and then you could miss out on that, right? But I think that filling unique rank, building a unique entry for every, uh, building a unique lineup for every entry you have works better. So think about that, GM33. Let me know if you have any follow-up. All right. Uh, 13 AM 130 here said, how do you access the heat map? And that is a run pure feature. So I'm assuming this is a run pure question. Um, frankly, the, the run pure guys should uh, upload that information or or input it into the app. And then you can come in here and like set your cores and put your stars. Uh, that is that is a good question for our joint stream that we do with run pure. We do a show every Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern with uh, SaberSim, uh, Jordan, it, it, Jordan, Coach Jordan does that show with AP, and then they go over all things uh, SaberSim and RunPure together. There's also a SaberSim channel in the RunPure Discord, so I think that's another good place to put that question. If you missed the stream and have questions, you could throw it in there, or you could throw it in you know, the NBA channel or whatever it is. So that 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 should come from the RunPure coordinators. I would throw a message in the Discord or if you ever have SaberSim slash RunPure questions, I would ask it on the joint stream that we do on Thursdays at 1 p.m. Eastern. Uh, GM33 said, thanks as always, Andrew. Yep, happy to answer that, man. Um, definitely know where you're coming from. Have thought about DFS uh, in that way before and, and have, you know, through talking with members of the team, 
And, uh, you know, Scott said something similar on, on the pro exclusive video that Scott did where, you know, filling with unique rank just kind of gives you more peace of mind that, you know, regardless of whether a higher actual score comes from a lineup lower in your set, at least, you know, that your top lineups went into, you know, what you perceive to be your best contests and you could kind of have like a little less regret as to whatever happens after that. So really like that concept overall. All right. That was our last question in the office hours discord channel. Hopping over to YouTube chat here. I have a question from Patrick. Did we get rid of the change and unchanged late swap during the update? Uh, no, we did not. It is not as, as clear. So, so because you now have a pool of lineups, it used to say, you know, lineups and then changed unchanged here instead of pool and trash. You just have to hover. So um, where's the one we can go back to? I, I think I have one from yesterday. A late swap here. So going back to yesterday's slate, played some FanDuel. Okay, so if I go into a late swap and then I hover over this lineups, it should tell me uh, changed and unchanged here. There we go. So I'm hovering over lineups. I had 208 lineups, 91 changed, 117 stayed unchanged. So just hover and that should pop up for you. But good question. Uh, kind of a small nuance. We had to move it, and and that is where it now lives. All right. Uh, question from Eight Game said, "What is the best way to import my own projections into SaberSim, and how does it make changes to lineups created?" So good question. So the way to do it is that you come to this upload button here, upload player projections, and then you could either upload a CSV where you you pick a CSV. We will match the column headers. Or you could copy and paste the data into this field and then you hit save. What is going to happen is that the data for the projections and ownership is going to come into these my projection and my ownership columns. Uh, if you are on the pro plan, what you could do is you can hit the save source button. You could save the sets and name them. And then you could also, and then you come into this drop down next to it. And then those sets will save under projections or ownership. You could either use your set. You could use the average of SaberSim in your set. You could use a weighted average, which which you you uh, apply a bigger percent to one set over another set and then average it. So a lot of different options there. Uh, but this upload button is how you do it. If you're looking for you know a step-by-step -step guide as to how to do that, come into the settings in the top right. Come into this help. It'll take you to support uh, sabersim.com slash support here. And, and then I'm just going to pull up my screen for this. Pulling up my screen. This is our support docs. You come down to this frequently asked questions. And then I would just type in the top search bar, uh, upload projections. And then it says, how do I upload custom projections? This will take you through a step-by-step -step tutorial. It's only a less than a two-minute video uh, telling you how to do that, showing you how to do that. So this is always a good resource if you're looking for like how-to type of stuff with SaberSim. I would check that out, but that is where that feature lives. All right. Question from Patrick. I like to have an overview on what's changed and not changed before I download and submit my late swap entries. Uh, yeah, Patrick, I totally agree. Uh, you know, just a small nuance where that now lives. Glad we were able to showcase that feature. All right. Question here from Hiker Willie. I'm new to SaberSim. What are initial player projections usually, uh, when are initial player projections usually expected each day. Uh, 
Willie, good question. So we usually will run Sims um, on a on a schedule like overnight. I believe it's usually around like 3 p.m. Eastern. Uh, you could if you go into the Discord channel. If you join our Discord, there's a there's a lineup alert channels. If you go to like NBA lineup alerts, you can see when when Sims are running. So just for instance, it looks like the Sims ran at 5 p.m. Eastern this morning for probably our initial projections. And then those will update throughout the day. It looks like they ran at 8 p.m. East, 8 a.m. Eastern as well. So we kind of have like some times where Sims will uh, typically run. And then you can see those uh, Sims run and then note, note those projection adjustments throughout the day. So it looks like we have like some set ones. And then as news comes out, as uh, guys get ruled in and out, as, you know, minute limits and different things like that come out throughout the day, Sims will continue to run. So I would highly recommend getting in the Discord. There's a link in the description below to join the Discord and then check out the lineup alert channels. Uh, we do the same thing for NFL, MLB, golf, NHL. You can always see when Sims are running for different sports. Uh, looks like uh, looks like our friend uh, Steve Marin here was indeed, uh, I believe it was Gilliman, who, who missed lock. Steve, stop missing lock, my man. Get some unique lineups built. About 30 minutes to lock and get those entered just in case something crazy happens. Uh so get, moving on here, just messing around. Uncrabby Cabby said, hey, Andrew, can you simulate the actions of the other humans entering lineups in your contest? Ah, that would be an awesome, awesome feature. And then we would actually be able to um, calculate the, the EV of your lineups prior to the slate starting. But yes, we really wish I could do that, Uncrabby Cabby. All right, moving on. A game, Andrew, add the feature request for the same lineup question on FC. I can just change to make them all unique. Sounds complicated for people just using SaberSim. Uh yeah, I think I think the best thing was that the ability to lock them in these player positions using the min using the min exposure at 100 and then just running one build and getting that requested number of lineups. That seemed to solve it. All right. Dan King said you'd also want to exclude the other players from the games that started right pre-build. Uh, Dan, that is actually a very good point. Something that I did not think of. So yeah, uh, Dan, Dan is correct here. If you are, uh, you know, you miss lock and you are building lineups uh, to try and um, get new lineups, uh, you new unique lineups. What you would have to do is, what I would do is, you know, if I had Isaiah Stewart, like the example, I would just hit this mass uncheck button and then only check in Isaiah Stewart from, from that team. And then, you know, I would uncheck all the players from Brooklyn, or you could use the, uh, the remove all players from your pool, uh, icon here. And then I would do that for all the games that you don't have players. And then for the games that you do have players, just use the mass uncheck button here and then check in Jason Tatum. You don't want to use the red icon that excludes all players on the players that you on the teams that you have one player in. Instead, I would use the mass unchecked, but really good catch there, Dan. Appreciate that. All right. Patrick said, do what I do. Reserve your contest via phone early in the morning. Download those entry files on the computer and upload those files to Saber. Go ahead and build those dummy lineups 
Now you'll have one to 1,500 different lineups for whatever slate. Literally takes me five minutes. Patrick, I think that's a great idea as well. Uh, I'm I'm a person who reserves on my phone. I find it much, much simpler uh, to just have those blank entries and then uh, come into SaberSim, you know, download the file, run a build, and get those uploaded. So definitely think that works as well. All right, scrolling down here. Franklin said, what's up, Andrew? If correlation doesn't matter in NBA, then why do we use it in a slider? The only uh, correlation that matters seems to be point guard to centers. Uh, so, so I wouldn't say that correlation doesn't matter, right? I think it is important to understand correlations on teams. I think the biggest one probably is, I, I actually think negative correlation is probably more important to capture in, in NBA. And let's take somebody like Jason Tatum, for example, here, you know, not a lot of high positive correlations. The only positive correlation is to miles McBride at 0.03, which is like incredibly small. Uh, but, but as we scroll down here, you know, he's going to have higher negative correlations to some players, right? Malcolm Brogdon, uh, Jericho Sims, Jalen Brown. I think the Jalen Brown and the Malcolm Brogdon one are particularly the most interesting to me. Uh, where you're going to see high negative correlations is usually to high salary players on the same team, right? So a good example is like when Kevin Durant is healthy, you know, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving usually have a high negative correlation. Um, players like DeJounte Murray and Trey Young on the Hawks usually have high negative correlation to each other, mostly because, you know, uh, they're they're either like uh, two high shooting positions where they're both high salary, both high projection. If one is shooting, the other one is not, and, and they are taking opportunities away from the other player. And because basketball, you know, is not a sport like baseball where you can one swing of the bat is like all of your value for the entire slate, uh, points get accumulated slowly, and in, in small bursts, you know, two points, two points, three points, uh, one point, 1.5 points for assists, rebounds, etc. You know, you need a lot of those instances to get to, to get to value for these high salary players. So it is harder for two players to do that when one person is like shooting the ball consistently that is taking opportunities away from someone else. So with, with this, with the correlation slider settings, it, it is usually low but it is important to still factor in to some extent, which is basically what, what the slider is telling me. It's like, yeah, you know, you don't need that much correlation, but you need to know about it and you need to factor it in to some extent. Right. And I think that the, because the negative correlations are usually the negative correlation values are usually higher than the positive correlation values. Uh, we are in a nutshell, making sure that you are not getting more negatively correlated players together because those values are higher. So, uh, you know, if, if you had really high positive correlation values, then we would, you know, be kind of honing in on that with the correlation slider. So I, I, I wouldn't go as far to say that correlation doesn't matter. I think that uh, it is being accounted at a rate that is what we would consider, you know, the proper rate for it to be accounted at. All right. Question here from Sam Hagen. Sam said, do you have any insight on risk of ruin calculation for DFS GBP? It's a pretty simple calculation for cash gains, but tends to be more difficult for large field GPPs. Sam, this is a really good question. Where I would direct you is to a behind the Sims series that we did where Eric, one of our data scientists, did a uh, really deep uh, back test into contests and contest selection. So if you go over to our YouTube channel, you go into playlists and then you go into behind the Sims here. 
you click this view full playlist, what I would do is I would do this, uh, I would check out this contest simulation one or this contest selection one. These are both really good series where we went over, uh, where we did a big deep dive. This contest selection is ultimately what led to the DFS profit plan. And that is a contest selection framework that tries to smooth out your variance over time and decrease your risk of ruin. And then this contest simulation, we did a lot of back testing into the slider settings. So this is more based around slider settings, but the conversations about uh, the back tests and omega ratios and um, range of outcomes for different slider settings was really insightful. Uh, Matt talks a lot in the, in these, um, in these videos, Elijah was a big part of the contest simulations. So a really, really good content that I would encourage you to check out. But, um, you know, you can always watch like the last video, start from the last and kind of get like a feel for, uh, what was, what the conclusions were. And then you can kind of work your way backwards. I don't think that's a bad idea either, especially if you're just kind of, uh, looking for like a summary or like too long didn't read. You don't want to watch all of them. So would definitely recommend checking those out, Sam. All right. Uh, looks like that was our last question in the YouTube chat. We are also all caught up in the office hours channel. Um, we had a follow up here from looper boss. If anybody has any last questions, now is a great time to get them in. Gonna, gonna follow this, uh, follow up with looper boss here. It said, thanks for the response on both questions. Office hours has been extremely helpful in my process using Saberson. I'm having success after a few tweaks in my own tools and getting a grasp on what I'm looking at. Uh, yep. Looper boss, happy to get the feedback. Really. Uh, thank you for it. Appreciate it. You know, this show is really for all of you guys, any questions that you have, anything that you are unclear about, you know, this is a great place to ask those questions and to get some feedback and to, uh, learn more about SaberSim, learn more, learn more about DFS to help you in your own processes. I know a lot of you are doing things in Excel or, or Python or R and um, need to kind of get some clarification to figure out, you know, what direction you want to go in, or, you know, you're making manual adjustments and you don't want to double count statistics, right? So come here, get your questions answered. If I never, if I don't know something, I will always go back to the team, get you guys a good and thoughtful response and then bring it up on the next show or whenever I can get that question answered for you guys. So do my best live, especially with uh, live YouTube chat, things on the fly to help you guys out. But, um, you know, this isn't like a uh, one-time thing, you know, ongoing every day, and I will always make sure to get you guys a thoughtful response. But that being said, looks like no more questions. We will be right back here tomorrow for our Friday show. Tune in 2 p.m. Eastern. If you're not joined up with SaberSim, there's a link in the description below. Seven-day, no-strings-attached, free trial. Check us out ahead of the weekend. Play some MMA. Play some uh, NFL. Play some basketball. Play some hockey. A lot of good uh, things to play. All right, a couple questions came in real quick. Uh, A-Game said, will SaberSim support the World Baseball Classic? I actually don't know that question, but that's a really good one. So WBC uh, support. Really good question. I will find that out. And then Patrick said, hi, Andrew, is there a video that showcases how to late swap at scale? It's much easier to do with one team versus 150 lineups. Um, we're, we are actually uh, going to be uh, creating some more documentation around late swap. I was actually just talking to Jordan about doing a late swap video with him. So that should be coming out. But I would also go over to our help docs here 
and then uh, jump in to support at sabersim.com. And I'm going to pull this up here. Uh, how to late swap. There's a video right here that shows you how to late swap. Uh, this is, looks like it is with NFL specifically, but the same concepts apply. Um, we will be doing, you know, some, some more content coming up in regards to late swap, but I would check out, oh wait, actually it's not showing it. Why is it not showing it? Hold on. Uh, entire screen. Maybe that's why. So, so we were here, how to late swap. You click on this. It will open up this other video here where Jordan, it looks like a 10 minute video. So probably very in-depth, uh, uh, breakdown of how to late swap. So I would check this out here. So sorry, I didn't have that pulled up, but sabersim.com slash support, how to late swap. It will open up this video and you can watch that. So check that one out. All right. Dan King said, I have a question about the new late swap. Does the late swap feature create duplicate lineups? Like if you're late swapping 60 lineups and the build gives 53, does that mean it doesn't change seven lineups or duplicates them? Never mind. Haha. Late swap video incoming. Uh, okay, Dan, what I, what I would say is that, um, it should build the number of lineups that you had because we have that uh, lineup feature that shows you changed, unchanged. So if like you have 60 lineups, it should build you 60 and then it should say like seven unchanged. So I, I would, I would, uh, if that's not happening, if it's building like less than the number of requested lineups, I would just shoot a message to our support team using the reporter problem. And then we could figure out why that is happening. Uh, Patrick said, thank you. Happy to help. And then question from Franklin, any NHL tricks to help me with the lineup rules? Uh, I I am not an NHL expert. I would go over to our YouTube channel and I would go over to um, our playlists and how to beat NHL DFS in 2022. Um, I would watch this most recent video. We had our NHL expert Scott on. Scott is a um, front-end developer here at SaberSim, longtime community member. A lot of people know him as Mr. Clean. He is. He has been in the NHL streets for years now and is is very good at NHL uh, DFS, NHL questions. If you have any specific NHL questions, throw them in the Office Hours channel in the Discord, and I will get Scott's eyes on it and let him know about it. Uh, Dan, looks like Dan is an NHL player. He said, I also recommend that NHL video. Yep. Scott was, Scott is really sharp. Uh, if you have any specific questions, throw them in the office hours channel, I'll get his eyes on it. You could also throw them in the NHL sports specific channel. And, uh, Scott is roaming those channels frequently. I know we have a lot of other sharp NHL players in the community that would be happy to help you out. So throwing it in the NHL, NHL channel is also a really good option, but all right, everybody. I will see you all tomorrow. Thanks for tuning in. And until then, good luck and take care.